Welcome to episode 39 of In Touch with iOS, a podcast for sharing tips, apps, and gear for iPhone and iPad, along with related technologies that get us using iOS in fun, productive, and meaningful ways. I'm your host, Melissa Davis, and joining me as always is Dave Ginsberg. How are you, Dave? Doing great. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I hope we can keep the momentum going now, and then pretty soon we'll have a time change and we won't be so far apart in time zones. Won't that be great? Oh, uh, what it'll put an hour, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll take it. it. You can get well, a lot done in an hour, like a podcast, that's maybe. Right. <laughs> next weekend, yeah. That's, that's... Is it? Is that? Is that when it is? Because I've kind of lost yeah. touch since I've been out yeah. here, well, so I rely yeah. on my other clock changing peeps to let me know when it happens. Yep, it's always the first weekend in November when the when the daylight saving time doesn't change, or it changes, I should say, back to, we fall back. Yeah. Uh, you just stay where you are. Yep, we just stay right where we are. Everybody else revolves around Arizona. <laughs> yeah. So, no, we got a lot to talk about today. There's, we do. Um, You've been a busy, well, busy dude. Yeah, no, we kept, I kept, kept the shop going here. We get some good, we had some good topics last uh, couple of weeks. And, yeah, I had some uh, great guests that came in and filled yeah. in for me. Thank you guys. Thank you, Allison yeah. Sheridan and Adam Christensen. Yeah. Thanks for taking over my spot for a little while while I'm still, still dealing with, with house stuff, but hopefully they'll be and into then, insight. And, and, and as I said, I think we, I think it's, it's a nice flow because um, you, you, I know you get uh, challenges with being busy and then plus you're dealing with some stuff at home that we don't need to talk about, but, uh, but it's good that we have uh, options for guests too. Cause last week, um, it was actually a, uh, a good friend of mine and, uh, it was, uh, Brian Gray and he is uh, also a coworker too. So we had a lot of fun doing that last, uh, last week. So. Or actually, yeah, earlier this week, I should say. <laughs> so yeah, you've been busy. <laughs> you can lose track no. of all all of your podcasts in time, huh? Yeah, no, I think we had a lot of fun. Chuck, Chuck Joyner, the other one you forgot to mention, he was yeah, great too. Yeah, that's uh, right. He, he, uh, he, Thank you, Chuck. He, he start, started everything off as well. So, but yeah, we got uh, some news we could talk about today, and uh, I know you've I've seen you a little active on Twitter about this first news yeah, story well, about hot, the hot uh, under the collar about this <laughs> app store change that we'll get into soon. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, dig into that? Because yeah, I, I I I did see that uh, that discussion, and I kind of see. I kind of see their point why they're doing it. I don't see why they need to do it, uh, honestly, um, because um, you can go into the app when you download an app, and then you find out later that it does have in-app purchases, and you can choose at that point, I would think, right? Yeah, that's going to be kind of a, the meat and potatoes of our main topic in a little bit. I just wanted to broach this. You know, this is what led me down this path was this yeah. news story that caught my eye. Uh, the headline is PSA, the iOS app store is no longer listing all in-app purchases, and it's by Jim Tannis, and it's from Tech Review. And mm. yeah, it's a good short read. And because uh, I noticed it, um, I, I should say it didn't. It caught my eye when I went looking for it because uh, we've talked about this app in the past. But I don't. I think you mentioned me on to it a while ago. With app Advice. There's an advice app, and um, I just love apps. I just I love learning yeah, about do. new apps and reviewing <laughs> apps. Yeah, we we're kind of like app junkies. So right. uh, that's kind of like part of my my little morning routine. How I wake up in the morning is I I check that. It's just fun. It's just something that's not the news. You know what I mean? It's like something that right. breaks up the monotony. And yep. uh, not only do I have that. I also have my my son, who's also you know uh, a chip off the old block, you know an apple from the tree, <laughs> if you will. So he's always looking for apps. He's always looking for things like. And so with Apple Family Sharing, you get a notification whenever someone in your family sure. wants to purchase an app. And so we'll, t we'll talk more about that a little bit too. So basically, suffice it to say that I'm always kind of looking at apps. I'm always reviewing them. I'm always downloading the freebies that went on sale or, you know, ones that uh, that had like an in-app purchase sale or something. I go check it out and, you know, maybe there was an app that I had been looking for but, you know, couldn't afford it at the time or whatever. And then it went on sale and I go grab it. And then I go text, you know, my husband if it's like a science -y app, like, hey, you know, this is a, a 4D math app. You know, this might be really cool. Yeah. Or I text it to my my son or my my father or somebody. So okay. I'm always checking these things out. And so I was very quick to notice that they didn't have the in-app purchase lists. You know, they usually they used to break it out. It used to be that I'd tap on it. Oh, you know, let's go check this out. Okay, it's a free app, but in tiny text it it still says next to it in-app purchases. And then I would scroll down and I would look at what the pricing was for what things that you could buy. Now this comes into play with my kids a lot because they play games. And so sure. a lot of times it's like, okay, you know, lately I've been enjoying some bingo. <laughs> it's again, it's something to get away from all the monotony of, of the news and stuff. And uh, so I've been looking for good bingo games 
and a lot of them, you know, like any of uh, these other games, they have these power-ups. You know, you can buy jewels and diamonds mm. and, you know, like my, <laughs> my son likes the games oh, that have gosh. little, you know, you hatch the eggs and all that stuff. Yeah, it, so it drives you nuts. So as a parent, right. this is really important to know what you're getting yourself into, especially if it's one of those things where a kid says, hey, can I buy this app? And you're like, mm, I don't know, let me take a look at it. So you go, you tap on it, it takes you right to the app store. And the first thing I want to look at is like, well, how much does it cost? Okay, it's free. Well, is it really free? Nothing's really ever free. So you scroll down, you look at, okay, um, you know, in the case of my one son, my, my older son, he's really trying to learn a lot about hacking and he's trying to learn about technology. So I'm very wary of some of these apps that he wants to install because like, like I'll just make something up. For example, let's say it's a QR code reader. I got a notification about that the other day. And I think to myself, okay, <clears throat> We have a built-in QR code reader in our in our photos app, you know, in our camera app. So why does he want this one? You know, oh, well, it does these things. You know, turns out it could be like one of those apps where it lets you hide your pictures or, you know, something like that. It could be, could be something nefarious. Now, we like to say that the App Store mostly protects us from this kind of stuff. But as I've been learning more about this, uh, I've been finding out that there's some nefarious apps in there that we got to watch out for, which is why I want to talk about this. I really think it's a good PSA. It's a really good thing to let our yeah. listeners know about. So when I first saw this uh, a couple nights ago, you know, as I said, I, I went looking at an app to review it and saw that there was no pricing. I saw that it said that there was in-app purchases, but yeah. I went to look in the usual spot and they weren't listed. And I thought, what's going on? So I started looking at other apps and noticing the same thing, noticing this trend and thinking, okay, something changed and we didn't, it's not like we got, you know, like the app store is an app that's installed on our phone. It's not like we got a badge that said, oh, there's an app update to the app store. You know, like, who, where, where did that sneak in there? Do you know what I'm saying? Like it wasn't, I don't re recall reading that in the details of the, the latest iOS update, which as of the time of recording, this is iOS 12.0.1. And so, you know, there's point updates that are probably on the horizon. I don't recall seeing that. Do you recall seeing that as like one of the perks of, you know, you should update to this because we've now decided that we're going to remove the in-app purchases, that this is a feature, not a bug, right? No, so, I haven't seen a perk. I mean, I, I just, it, uh, I mean, I always saw that, it, you know, again, like I said at the beginning, I, I don't think it's, I, I see their point. I see they can, you can it, go into the app and it can tell you, the radar. but, but, but it's nice that you go into the, to, when you look at the app store on the phone or if you're using, doing it in iTunes, it, it shows you flat out here in app purchase. Here's what you, mm -hmm. here's the menu of all the items that we offer. And because there's some app developers that have, you know, they just want a tip, you know, here's a tip yeah. 499, $5.99, $10.99, whatever it is. So, but if, if it's going to be removed, um, for uh, for those types of developers, then yeah, that, that kind of stinks because then that doesn't give them an option to be able to get those tips if they want to. And I'm not sure if Apple's going to change that or not because uh, it could be if they're doing this, you know, who's, who's to say they're not going to change that type of uh, type of in-app in purchase too? Right. Uh, but they can they can easily you know uh, you can easily go into the app. But, but I, I mean, I, again, I see your point. I mean, it, it just yeah, it, it's nice to be able to see it uh, up front. I mean, I, I would I would look at it too when it says in-app purchase. I would be curious to see okay, what is it going to cost. I mean, we, we all, we both agree that, you know, we think that supporting the developers is extremely important and I definitely want to pay oh, sure. developers. I mean, for apps that we really love and enjoy, I have no problem paying for in-app purchases and even subscriptions. I mean, that's another kind of touchy subject we won't get too deep into, but there's a lot of uh, people who really just absolutely loathe um, subscription fees that are recurring and there's other people who, who like them as opposed to just paying once and done. There's all different types of thoughts on that. Um, I still am of the opinion that it's important. It helps support the the developers. My only problem with it is that I just simply can't afford it. I just can't. I, I wish I could. If, if I did have more disposable income, I'm telling you that's where it would go. I would support developers because I do my own kind of backend stuff and I realize the importance of it. I just have to be really picky and choosy about where I do uh, eventually choose to uh, purchase an in-app purchase that is a subscription that is either, you know, weekly, monthly, yearly on a recurring basis. So that yeah. being said, uh, I thought, oh, you know, what's up with this? So I did a search, you know, I used my Google Foo and I noticed there wasn't a lot of buzz on it. And I thought, hmm, this right. must be something really recent. 
And turns out it was. So Jim was the first person that I could see. You know, I did like I used the tool that shows, you know, last 24 hours. And from what I could tell, he was the first person that I saw that reported on it. And yeah. then the Mac Observer picked up on his and elaborated on it a little bit. So I thought I'd, I'd share the link to this, you know, just kind of give you a heads up. And then I thought, hmm, let's see what Apple has to say about this. And so sure enough, I went to the Apple store, you know, Apple, not the Apple store, but apple.com and searched their uh, support articles, their um, HT articles. And sure enough, they right. did update theirs, you know, it said it was updated like, you know, within the last couple of days. So between him reporting on it within 24 hours of me noticing it and then going and looking at the support article and noticing that Apple had just updated it recently, I thought, yeah, this is definitely something new. I'm, this is not just my imagination. They definitely uh, kind of silently made this update, this change to the app store without really like saying anything about it. But of course we can't say they didn't say anything because it's in their, it's in their support articles. So, you know, it, it is what it is, but so it's definitely something that we should just let go and say, Hey, you know, so what big deal? They, they removed right. that, that tidbit of information. It's really important just for like a few of the things that, that we outlined that, you know, it's nice to have a heads up on that. Um, so I did survey on Twitter. I, I talked, I surveyed two developers, a couple of people, you know, a couple of consumers responded, a couple of developers responded basically saying, you know, one person said they liked it. Another person said they didn't. One developer said that they liked it because he thinks it'll cut down on the amount of support emails that he has to then uh, deal with, with people asking, well, what does this mean? I don't understand, you know, explain this more where he, you know, he does have it in his FAQ. So, but you know, people don't always do that kind of digging. And then another mm -hmm. developer, she said she didn't like it because for the same kind of reason as, as a consumer, we're looking at, okay, what is this app going to cost me as a developer? It's important to her because she wants to be able to see those, those prices up front when she's developing her app, because she wants to see what the competitors competitors are doing. So it's important for app developers and consumers alike that this change was made because now it's, it's, it's a little bit less information that we had up front to be able to help us make an educated and informed choice when it comes to buying something. Now it seems like you're kind of beholden to the app store where you just have to, well, I don't, it says it has in-app purchases. How am I going to find out what it, what it costs? So either you're going to A, put your thumbprint on there and just, use your touch ID to install it. You know, you've, right. you've looked at it. Now you want to find out more about it. Then you're going to have to dig in the app. And of course that's not necessarily a consistent user experience as to where the in-app purchase is located. It just depends on the design of the app as to where you're going to find that. There's usually it's in a settings. Usually there's a cog wheel. Usually sometimes it's a hamburger menu. Sometimes it's a tab, but there's usually someplace in there. Again, it, it talks about discoverability. Um, one of the things that I noticed about the app store when they made the big change in iOS 12 was they were really promoting discoverability, meaning that, you know, now you could go, like you and I like to use the app advice, you know, apps like that or sure. other apps that tells us when there's sales going on. Apple was hoping that their app store would be enough for you, that that we would just be able to open up the app store and just discover the exciting new apps that were available. Uh, you know, right now it's coming. We're coming up on Halloween. So they have Halloween themed apps, of course. Um, you know, there's top top 10 lists. There's all these things that help you discover apps. But I don't think it is enough. I do prefer to use the the news sites and the websites and the apps that tell us when things are on sale based on their experiences, based on their reviews of it. I, I like to find out about stuff that way. Um, the way that the app store is designed is to be consistently more in line with things like the music app, the photos app. You'll notice that things yeah. when you go in there, Apple has kind of done a little bit of hand-holding in that they want people to discover stuff and, and find it based on their curation of things. And so, like, for example, I'll, I'll compare it to Photos because it's something I'm really familiar with. When you go into Photos app, they have it automatically categorized for you based on things that you've, like, if you've tapped the little heart on there because you've liked it, they'll have, you know, your favorites. If uh, you went on a trip, you can view things based on location of where you took the picture. If you use the facial recognition feature, it'll be categorized by people. It'll be categorized um, depending on how you have your settings set up. 
if a holiday comes up, it'll show you, you know, here's your pictures that you took on, you know, last holiday season uh, or a memory. Like maybe it'll detect it's using kind of artificial intelligence or, you know, getting to know you when you've had birthday parties on this day. So it'll show you categories and it'll show you ways to discover your pictures. And then that same user experience is consistent across the other ecosystem apps, if you will, like music and now the app store. Can you think of another app where they do that too? Besides, I mean, these are the content, the things, whether we are creating the content with pictures, um, I guess also, um, not that, that this is a Mac show, but you know, Mac, uh, OS Mojave was right. released and that's a new experience too, that they're using on the desktop where they're automatically organizing your files for you on your desktop based on the type of file that it is. Again, mm -hmm. that's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way who like to have a messy desktop or have their, their own filing system. It's going to be a huge productivity boost for people who do want the extra help. And they do want the Apple hand-holding way of, of doing things. Again, it's a consistency thing. They're trying to make it consistent. I understand why they're doing it. I don't necessarily have to agree with it for, for sure. myself and for people that I care about who I know are going to get confused by this. So I'm not going to say it's a it's a you know tricky thing that they did it. I don't think they're doing it to try to trick us necessarily. But it is definitely a different way of doing things that I think is going to um, like I said, it's going to benefit some developers and other developers are really not going to like it. And the consumers really aren't going to like it because it doesn't give you that information up front. So like I said, you're going to have to do one of a few things. You download the app, go discover, go, go poking around in there, trying to figure right. out, like literally poking at, okay, where, where do I subscribe or how do I upgrade to get the newer features? And you're going to have to go poking around looking for that. Or like, for example, when we do our show notes, it's important that we put the links to our apps because when you click on them, it'll take you to a website that's hosted by Apple that shows you the information. And there it does show, it shows you that it's free. So um, in the case of the apps that we're going to talk about in a little bit, you'll be able to click on the link there and it'll show you whether or not it's free outright, there's nothing else to pay or it offers in-app purchases. And then for right now, they haven't changed this yet, you see, but for right now, you can scroll down to the information section and you can see the price that's listed there for the in-app purchases. Typically, like when I publish show notes, I don't like to put the pricing in and this could be another reason why they're doing it because those prices do fluctuate. And so if people are taking yeah. screenshots and stuff, it could be giving out erroneous or incorrect information. So Unless I state that, you know, at the time that we recorded this, it cost this much. Uh, I don't like to list it necessarily in text because it could change the day after we publish something, so to speak. So you really want to go directly to the source. So for the time being, you can go and, and do a Google search or click on a link from our show notes and go look at the app that we're talking about. And it will still show you what the price is if there is a price involved for using that app. But as far as we can tell for right now, um, the interface on the iPad and the iPhone, you don't see it listed anywhere. Like when you scroll, it's not listed anywhere in the app store listing for that app. It just says that there's in-app purchases, but it doesn't tell you how much they are. It's not broken out. It doesn't tell you that, you know, you used to be able to tap and scroll down and see that, oh, okay, so say, for example, it's a bingo app. It's, you know, $9.99 for a packet of jewels or something like that. It doesn't list that anymore. And that's really just right. frustrating to me. So yeah. that's what um, this article tipped me off on uh, when we started talking about it. And like I said, I want to go into it a little bit. I want to do a little bit of a deeper dive as to the different kinds of in-app purchases and stuff. Um, but first, I, I wanted to stick to our format and get through the news. So that was the, the news article that I wanted to discuss. Um, the other stuff that's going on in the news now is the, the iPhone XR has been released right. and it's been on sale for a couple of days. Do you know any, anybody that's that's gotten one and, and what they've said? Or have you seen um, one in the wild yet? No, I haven't seen one in the wild yet, but uh, we talked about it in the number the last, uh, last episode as well as, uh, yeah, it, it is out. It, it, it was released on uh, Friday, and uh, I actually uh, checked the app, uh, Apple App Store, uh, Apple Store app on uh, Saturday, and I was easily able to go ahead and order one and pick it up at a store. Great. Um, so okay, it doesn't so seem like there's, there's no. I don't think it went for big fanfare like it, like uh, in past uh, releases, only because the uh, the 10s and the 10s Max, the Max is one I have. Um, it was released you know a month ago, so I think a lot of that fanfare kind of just uh, mm, dissipated. 
But the thing, the biggest thing is, I think, as far as differences, and, and I and I'm, I keep telling people, I think it's worth going with this phone is, is this iPhone is because of its, of course, its cost. It's two hundred fifty dollars less than the lowest price ten S. Um, it also has uh, 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 the only real differences are as far as the phones go is the the the, the cameras got those single lens as opposed to the dual lens, but it does basically the same stuff. Mm-hmm. And everybody's been doing reviews. I watched I Justine and she did her unboxing. It's always in a, a oh, those are always to, good. To, to fun to watch. And she uh, she she took pictures with with both phones and the pictures were just very comparable. I mean, other than you not having the the, the telephoto, which isn't a big huge deal, um, and and the OLED display with the versus the liquid crystal display, a liquid uh, Retina display. Um, no big difference. People aren't going to notice a lot of differences with that. Yeah, for the um, average so user, it's going to be great. Average user, I think, and, and I think it's comparable, comparable to the iPhone 8 Plus or the 8, whoever has those phones. This this phone is very is going to be better, honestly. I mean, it's got a battery bigger screen. Battery life is better, too. It's got battery a bigger battery in it. Blow, blows away the battery life. And... Uh, Neil Neil Patel from uh, from the Verge was was going on raving about it. Um, um, the uh, CNET said great things about it. I mean, you're hearing lots of great reviews of it. Um, so I I think if anybody is listening, if they're in the market of getting a new phone, I think the 10R is definitely a, a good choice. And there's no, no no real reason that you have to go to the 10S or the 10S Max. I went with the Max only because uh, beyond you like me the being, bigger phone, you just like uh, that I, form I do. Factor. I do like the form factor and um, it and even when I put it up against my wife's say iPhone 8 Plus, uh, uh, sh- it's it's the physical size of it is basically the same. But the screen, but the screen size, yeah, you get more screen real estate, don't you? Awesome. I mean, yeah. 6.5 inch screen. The screen itself is beautiful. Um, so I mean, either phone. I mean, any either phone is going to do you well, but the price tag is going to is going to be a sticker shock for you as far as uh, right. differences of cost. But you're willing if to were, pay for that comfort level. You you went to the 10 and you loved it, but then yeah. I think now that you have the 10s Max, you're 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 back to that comfort level of like, you know, you've oh, yeah. got bigger hands. It feels better in your palm. Whereas I have smaller hands. So I'm oh, looking yeah. forward and, to going to the 10 S someday. Yeah. And I mean, I think the 10 S is going to be perfectly fine. I don't know if you've had a chance to go to the store or take a look at it yet, but, uh, but it's, not yet, but it's, I already know that I want it. <laughs> yeah, I know it's got a good size. Next and, financial and, cycle. That's, that's my know, goal. That's what I'm planning on getting. Yeah. The, the 10 S and 10 S max comparatively speaking are basically the same phone. Uh, the only difference is the screen size really. Um, mm-hmm. So you re- re- won't really find a lot of uh, ma- major major differences as far but as that goes. But the 10s is closer in size to the 10, is it not? It's the same yes. form factor, isn't it? And see, I have interacted with a 10, and I really loved it. And I was mm-hmm. like, because you know, I have the 8 plus, and I really loved that smaller form factor. And I knew that I would. I did this on purpose. I know. Yeah. I knew that I wanted to live large for a while. I really wanted the bigger screen, real estate. I got it. But now I know that because they enlarge the screen, because it's now like edge to edge, I know that I'll be happy again when I go back down in size, which I'm really not going to lose any size, you know, as far as screen real estate goes. But I'm really coveting yeah. that pocketability again. As much as I, I like the modifications I've made, I like my sling, I like my ring, it's fine. But I really miss the days of being able to just tuck it in my pocket. Sure. <laughs> so looking forward to that going back. But you got to try it. You know, you won't know until you try. If you uh if you really want to find out a lot of more of the reviews with the 10R the 10R is um uh John Gruber on Daring Fireball did a great uh 10R review roundup. There was about a do- dozen or so uh, reviews that were made uh, this past week on the 10R, and it's remarkable. And it's, I'll just quote him: "There's remarkable consensus that all are pretty much saying the same thing we just talked about, uh, mm-hmm. but there's a few a few some interesting differences. You might want to put that link in the show notes for people yeah, to take a look great. at if they're interested to." Uh, I always like there. the Gruber. Yeah, Gruber's got some great information relates to, to, uh, to this kind of stuff. So, but no, I I I definitely think go for go for the 10R if if you're if you're in a if you're in a uh, uh, if you're trying to keep some of the costs down. I mean, it really and and another thing I was going to say too with the 10R, it, it just a little crazy as far as sp- the sizes go. They are starting with a 64 gigabyte with the. Uh, uh, with the 10R, and then they can go with a 128. Whereas uh, the 10S and the 10S Max is 64 gigabytes, was basically, in my opinion, a big waste of money. Is but it goes right to 256, which mm, I think, you know, I would I would hope. So there's I no would, 128 for the 10S. There's, there is no 128 for a 10S. They just so skipped over that. Wow. Right to 256. Got to go big with, or go home, huh? 
I went with the two fifty six. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I figured the the the, the five four or five dollars in difference in price. Same thing is with the ten R with the between the sixty four and the one twenty eight. There's only like if you do a monthly payment, it's I think thirty four dollars or something like that versus thirty nine dollars mm-hmm. or something like that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll still, still live lean on on that, but yeah, that's sure. in, that's interesting. Huh. Wow. So, but but yeah, they uh, uh, they they did uh, uh, they 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 did do that. I don't know why, but uh, that's don't. You know, I guess we always sometimes you can't figure out what Apple does. So. I know, right? <laughs> Spe- speaking of that, uh, yes, uh, we are on the like the kind of the double eve of uh, yes. of the uh, special, special event that's going to be happening in, on uh, on uh, October thirtieth, which is Tuesday, and of course I'll be uh, on uh, for Mac Eyes Only with our friend Mr. Mike Potter doing the reaction time episode. You know what else they it, changed? So. You know what else they changed? They changed it's the time on me. New York yeah, time in instead of California York. time. I was happy with the California time one. <laughs> because it's your time. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not only just my time, but like I, you know, that's it's nice. It's a nice lot in the morning where I can go drop off the kids, come back, get my breakfast, you know, finally take care of myself and then uh, sit down to an Apple event. What are they going to do this time? No. In addition to me, you know, having probably the, the glue gun is going to be laying out. There's going to be thread all over the place because it's right before Halloween. I'm going to be making Halloween costumes. And then the Apple event's going to come at seven. It's going to be seven o'clock in the morning my time that's yeah. when we're getting up and getting the kids ready for school it's like chaotic so yep. yeah if i somehow manage to pull that off and i'm able to watch that live but you know you know dave well, i'm for gonna me, try it's only, uh, I'm for gonna me it's try only an hour so i'm gonna <laughs> attempt it i'm gonna attempt it at seven o'clock in the morning be listening yeah. to that and seeing what's it's going on early. i mean i have i have geeks for children so i raised them well i i will <laughs> Pat myself on the back there, so they probably be like, yeah, yeah, you know, my my older son, it's gonna be get be harder to get him ready for school because he's gonna want to watch it. And like, no, mom, can't you just call me up late for school? So I could just hear it now. So if I if I manage to pull that off, darn it, I deserve a special treat after that. So we'll, well, it's we'll only report back after that and and see what happens. Yeah, it's only it's only an hour difference for me, so I'm not complaining at all. So well, I knew you a, wouldn't complain. Nine, eight, you don't have anything to complain about. <laughs> nine a.m. here, and I'm the think, one who got the shaft. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so it's yeah seven a.m. Pacific, uh, nine a.m. Central, which is my time zone, and then uh, ten a.m. It's, it's ten a.m. Uh, Eastern, yeah. Ten so a.m. Eastern, three so. hours. So that we haven't changed the clocks yet, so it's still going to be a no. three-hour time difference. And then you plus plus you'll fall back an hour, hour, so. So you'll get an, that's right. You'll get the extra hour. So actually, will, will it be still seven? I won't years? get anything out of the deal. You guys will. Uh, but you're, you're still you're still the Pacific time zone. You, you match. If that they still, change, yeah. If they change, we're always on Mountain Standard Time. Right. So if they change, then then yeah, we'll be. Uh, I think we'll they be. Do. They'll be an hour earlier. Then then there will be an hour time difference. But yeah, yet, so it won't happen on the thirtieth yet. We're still going to still be three hours. Oh, that's right. What am I thinking? It's not until next weekend. Duh. <laughs> yeah. So that's not going to happen but, yet. We're still it, we're still in the same time zone right. on the thirtieth when this is going to occur. So it'll be the day before Halloween, but, and it's at ten right. a.m. Eastern Standard Time because they're they're Eastern streaming live time. from Brooklyn, <laughs> New York. Yeah, Brooklyn, and uh, it'll be fun. Let's. And most of the rumors, I won't talk too much about the Mac part of the rumors, but most of the rumors are saying that uh, the iPad is going to turn into an iPhone uh, 10 or 10s with right, uh, Face ID, edge to edge borders, and uh, Face ID. No more home button touch me. The other one, that, and I had a lot of discussion about this during my Apple user group. We had we had to have our meeting uh, last this past uh, Saturday because of a schedule conflict for next month. Mm-hmm. So no November meeting. We had uh, two meetings in October. So you had to like uh, ramp it up and chalk it up yeah. to, to keep people satisfied for a little while, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, I talked a lot about the Jan Extra Converse. That's what we're going to talk about here in a minute. So as a uh, but uh, uh, really, what they were they were uh, talking about too is the speculation that potentially the iPad uh, Pro, which is going to be they're saying 11 inch screen, which will be slightly bigger than the 10 and a half inch, and a 12.9 inch, which is what the current model is in the large size screen. But they're talking about going from Lightning to a USB C. Yeah, I, do you think that's going to happen? I think that has legs. I, I don't know. It had a little lot of legs because a lot, of, lot of substantial folks that who know the, the things that are going on with the Apple, we're talking about it. So it is very possible. I'm, not, I'm I mean, who knows? I mean, again, I, it's all rumor speculation. But uh, the way Apple has done it with the MacBook Pros and uh, and changed everything to USB C or Thunderbolt three. Um, it's very possible just because of the fact that you know, now if you want to plug your, your iOS device into your Mac to charge it, you have to have an adapter or you have to have a, hmm. a cable that converts it. So uh, so it's 
it's very possible. It's very possible. So we'll, we'll see. It's going to be this Tuesday. We'll find out for sure. And uh, see how it goes from there. All right. Well, that's something we'll report back on. So, um, so that was a special event. So now I wanted to dig back in a little bit deeper dive on this App Store yeah. thing. Um, you know, we talked about how you know, it's kind of a, a news story, non-news story, if, if you will. But I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, making purchases. You know, how how is it that we spend money on apps? How do we make an in-app purchase? Um, what is the difference between an in-app purchase and a subscription for those that don't know? Um, because there are differences. And I was thinking a lot about this and I put a couple of links in our show notes. Um, one is they're, they're both by Apple. They're, you know, they have screenshots and pictures so that you can kind of follow along. Uh, the first one is how to see your purchase history in the app store. Because the reason why this is important is because, you know, people are going to be duped by this possibly, you know, not, not necessarily, I'm not blaming anybody and you know, I'm not blaming Apple, but I just know user behavior because I study it because I work with it. It is, it's my jam. And I know that people are going to go and, and, and go buy an app, whether it's free or not, it's still considered a purchase. They're going to purchase an app. They're going to download it. And then they're going to get into the in-app purchases and they're going to end up buying something or their kids are going to buy something. Now, Apple has done due diligence. They have tried, tried really, really hard to make it so that it's really difficult for kids to purchase in-app purchases um, if you are set up with the family sharing. But I still see I still see parents just handing off their personal iPhone to their kids to pacify them. And I can still see this happening. So it's really important that you're able to review your purchase history. And so the first link that I put in there is entitled See Your Purchase History in the App Store or iTunes Store. And uh, it's really important to review how to get at that. Um, in the past, it had been really, really difficult, I remember, because I would try looking for stuff. You know, as a business owner, um, sometimes I like to, well, not sometimes, all the time, I, I like to try to buy apps that will be considered a business purchase. And so I need to be able to report that on my Schedule C. So uh, I try to keep track of it as I purchase it. You know, you get the email receipt. So you can always dig through your emails as a, as a last resort. You could do a search. But this kind of makes it easy to go back and see exactly when it was purchased. It'll give you an invoice if you need it so you can tap on it. So I think it's probably designed for that reason, for people like me who have a business and want to be able to claim some of this as a software purchase. Um, there's an app that I use that I pay a yearly uh, in-app subscription for and I claim that as a business expense because that's you know backing up my data and it directly relates to my business and then the second link that I put in here is entitled view change or cancel your subscriptions so um I've heard of this happening from my parent friends you know they'll say like oh you know my child downloaded this app and um let's say it's you know one of the the popular you know mouse apps or something that uh they go and they've bought it and then they subscribe to something and they didn't realize what it was that they were subscribing to and so the parent ends up seeing this stuff on their credit card statement so it's important to know that you can manage your your subscriptions you can even cancel them if you need to um, I don't think it's the best way to go to just cancel your credit card. I really think you need to go in there and actually cancel the subscription and be aware that, that this is there. So this link will show you pictures and has um, then separate articles, you know, managing your subscriptions. It shows you where to go on there, how to cancel the subscriptions. Um, it also talks about what it looks like on the iTunes store um, in the on the Mac, too, if you want to do it from there. Um, one of the biggest gotchas though, is going to be the Apple ID. You really got to get a handle on that Apple ID. And we've talked about this on previous shows and I always, you know, uh, keep bringing it up. In fact, just before we started recording, my dad texted me and it was like so timely. He got an, uh, an email from Apple that says Melissa's oh. iTunes and app store account has changed. And he was like, you know, of course my dad being my dad was like, uh, is this legit? You know, <laughs> like, why did I get this? And I was like, oh, gee, thanks for sending me that, Dad, because it was interesting. Um, we, I won't go down the rabbit hole too too deeply here, but, you know, as I've talked about in the past, we started out with, same same as you and your wife, with a shared Apple ID that we used for all of mm -hmm. our purchases. And then I took the plunge and decided to join the family plan for iCloud. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm not ready for it to do it yet. I'm still no, and, and you really want to, yeah, you want to know about this stuff before you do, because here's what happens. And this, we've kind of been learning the hard way and trying to figure this out. So 
originally I had all of our devices signed in with, you know, there's two parts. There's your Apple ID and then there's the uh, App Store section, iTunes and App Store. It's broken into right now. And this may change. So this is something we have to kind of prepare for, you know, seeing as they're making these changes to the App Store. Mm, I don't know. I don't want to jinx it. I don't want to say it's writing on the wall, but just just be prepared. Um, in the iTunes and App Store for right now, you can have and I hope this stays this way because there's a lot of reasons why you would want to have this be different. In the iTunes and App Store section, you can have a different Apple ID signed in there. And so for for our family, the way that I had it set up on my dad's devices and all of our devices, except for my son's, and I'll tell you why in a sec, I had my husband's, we, we converted my, we made my husband the sacrificial lamb, so to speak. So he is the family organizer. And so we, and it was also his Apple ID that we were using to share the expense on all the apps. So I have his ID there. Well, something must be a changing, something must be afoot because now what I've noticed is I haven't upgraded yet. So it's not that, uh, on the Mac side of things, but now my husband's picture shows up on my Apple ID. (laughs) So what's that all about? Like it has something to do with the fact that it's my husband's Apple ID that we've been using for the shared purchases. So then I decided that's why my dad got this email. I thought, Hmm, well, what happens if I go and I sign out of my, my husband's Apple ID for just for app store purchases and sign into my Apple ID. And so then that's why my dad, this kind of makes me wonder. So my dad got an email saying, okay, there's been a change in the family here. Someone in the family changed their Apple ID And you need to know about this. Why? Because it might potentially affect shared purchases. So the other thing, the other thing that's important about this is that it still lists when you're looking in the app store and you're looking to find out, okay, how much is this going to cost me? Is it going to free be free? Um, Now you can't find out what the in-app purchases are, but you still can see that these apps, whether or not they are available for family sharing. And that's important because For example, like in my case now, now I'm using my Apple ID for purchases. And in the case of my son, like I started out at the top of the show, I get notifications saying that he wants to purchase an app. Well, the only reason that happens is because I signed him out of my husband's Apple ID for app store purchases and signed him into his own. And and I want it that way on purpose because I want to see the things that he's requesting because he's only he's only 12. He's not even 13 yet. Um, and I want to see the kinds of stuff that he's requesting and whether or not I'll get warned about it. And it turns out I do, you know, so I get a notification every time he wants to install an app. And then the way that I had it set up was my dad, 3000 miles away, he was getting a notification. So I turned that off and then I saw, and then he kept getting a notification every time, uh, like one of us, you know, tried to log into a new browser that wasn't recognized or, you know, something like that. So that was getting, that was driving my dad nuts. Like he kept thinking he was being hacked all the time. (laughs) This is not good. So I signed, I had, I walked my dad through it and now my dad and my son each have the app store signed up for their own Apple IDs. But again, this is tricky. This is, this is why I call it the tricky. This is a tricky episode because now, if there is an app, so I'm just going to, I'm just going to pick on this one app, for example, and we talked about it in a previous episode called Grocery Gadget. So my husband and my son and I all share this app that is called Grocery Gadget. It doesn't cost anything to download it and install it. So it's a free app, right? They even have a free version of the app, which that makes it confusing too, because there's, there's apps that are free that have an in-app purchase. And then there's apps that are free that are ad supported. And then there's apps that are free that have an upgrade price that you only pay once that's not recurring. Well, this one is one of those ones where it's free to install it and it doesn't cost anything to upgrade it. But because the app, the the developer needs to be supported and I really like, like the, the app, I don't want to see the ads because they, you know, they're bothersome. They kind of get in the way. There's some people can tolerate the ads. I'm not one of them. So I, pay a yearly fee. It's only 99 cents, but I pay a yearly fee to, you know, A, to support the developer because I like his app and B, to get rid of the ads, the ads. Well, it turns out that if my son wants to install it on his phone, he's got to pay a separate subscription fee that's for a year. And he only uses it like a couple of times. So like, it's not warranted. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's only 99 cents, but let's say it was like, you know, $10 a year or something that's going to get expensive. 
So for that case, that's one of those things where probably what I might do is, and Apple still lets you, I might just have to sign in to my husband's ID just for that Apple loan, <laughs> just because yeah. the fact that it's got a yearly, I mean, and luckily it's yearly, so it's not that big of a deal right now, but if it had been monthly, I would definitely have done it by now. So do you see what I'm saying? Like it's a twisted web yeah. that they weave and I understand why they do some things, but maybe not others. So there's, there's different types of ways to purchase an app. The first being the free, the free example. So we're going to talk about an app here in a little bit uh, that you recommended where it is free. There is no cost to it. They're never going to charge you like an upgrade fee. They're never going to charge you an in-app subscription fee because there's other ways that they support that app and that app's development because there's a whole service behind it. So, so that is a free app. It's free and outright. It's still considered a purchase in, in Apple's terminology though. So that's why I have to, to say that. And then there's the other type of app where right there it says, you know, like, you know, there'll be an app. It'll be a, there'll be a price. It'll say it's four ninety nine. It's going to cost you four ninety nine to purchase that app and install it on your phone and use it. And then you're not going to you're not going to pay another dime. That's that's a cost app. And then there's the in app purchase, which is what we've been I've been on and on about. Which is there's it's free to install. Sometimes it even costs money. I haven't really run across any of those apps, man. I think I've seen them, but I've never actually that I can think of where I've actually paid five bucks to install the app and then had to pay more money on top of that. Usually that's frowned upon. So you're not going to see too many of that if ever. And I think they tried to get rid of that with the in-app purchase. But then what you will see now is now you're going to have to, if you want to use the app, if you want to try it, unless they have a try before you buy, then there's that version of a free app where they have, and I like it personally. I like it when developers do this, they'll offer an app. That's a freebie version of it. It's ad supported and there's limitations to it. And then they'll offer another app that is paid. Now that gets tricky for the developers because then imagine they've got to support both those apps. There's still there's still two right. separate apps in the app store. You don't see that. Uh, so. You don't see that happening too often. Uh, yeah, there's there's right, and so they're starting to call that back. They're starting to say, you know what? It's this is this is just way too much work for too not a work. lot of return on investment. So let's just pull the free app. So then that goes away and then let's just make it free to download, but we're either going to make it have ads and then people have to pay a subscription fee or a a one-time purchase to make the ads go away. Or we're just going to really severely limit the app. You can only, you know, do five versions of something before you can figure out if it's something you want to pay for the extra pro version or not. So then there's a pro version. So one of the one of the uh, pieces of feedback I got from one of the developers was the fact that the they liked the fact that the in-app purchase listing went away because it was kind of a, it was out of context. It was like irrelevant. Like people would see that and then be like, well, what's that about? And then they'd have to write the developer. So either the, the, the developer has to change the wording to make it more relevant or you know, they like the fact that it just went away because it was too complex for their particular scenario to to make it, you know, a simple say, oh, well, that's what it's for. This is what I'm, what I'm going to get, you know. So sure. on one hand, the developer liked the fact that the listing went away because it was too vague, I guess. Or, you know, like in the case of like a, I keep picking on a bingo app, but, you know, say that there's it's nine ninety nine for a package of jewels. Well, yeah, that's like kind of out of context. What the heck does that mean? What am I going to get for, for 10 bucks? What are jewels? I don't even know. So mm-hmm. you still end up having to download the app to find out what a jewel is anyway. So on, on that side of things, I can kind of understand how you might as well just download the app and install it and then go explore it and find out what it is that there is to pay for. It just kind of takes away that that ability for us to be able to be an educated consumer up front. So now you have to really kind of investigate. So like I said before, just to review, you're either going to download it and then go explore it. Or if you're real like super sleuth like me, you're going to go Google it, look it up on the website and scroll down. Because remember, like Apple doesn't really have a way to search. We can't on a Mac go and search for it in the app store like we used to. They took that away. Like that's no longer part of the iTunes. The app store is totally separate. So it's really hard to search for it and find out what is going to be on the second layer of of pricing. You can see whether it's free or whether it costs something. But if it's got in-app purchases, it's on you as a consumer 
to go and be responsible about searching for it and finding out what it's going to cost you in addition to that. So like I said, it's just a kind of like a PSA, a heads up. And also I'm hoping that after people listen to this, that they'll realize that there are multiple ways that you can spend money in the app store. Um, they're trying to make it consistent, but it's going to be confusing. People aren't going to be rely, able to rely on that listing anymore. You're going to have to do some more digging and it's on you to figure out what it is that you're paying for. But I, I really issue a caution, be really, really careful. Once you download that app, you're, it's installed. It's now installed on your iPhone or on your iPad. And when you go to look for what else it's going to cost, you really got to be diligent. You really got to understand what it is that you're, that you're tapping. Cause now they've made it so easy that you, all you got to do is lay your fingerprint on the home button and boom, it's, it's purchased. And if you don't read yep. what it says, if you don't read what it says, then don't be shocked that you get a bill for two ninety nine a month or, right. you know, $89 a year, you know, something like that. Don't be surprised. You really have got to read that stuff. We can't be complacent about it. Oh, it's got a check mark. I'll just, you know, boom, it's well, done. Well, I mean, it happened with my wife. She she uh, wanted to listen to something that was on TuneIn. TuneIn uh, Radio has a pro version. Okay. So she subscribed to it. So I'm like, I got an email. I was like, because we share we share our my purchase accounts, just, uh -huh. just two of us. So, so I said, oh, I, at first I thought, oh my god, it's almost a hack my account. What's going on? And then I then I checked with her, and she says, well, yeah, I clicked that. I wanted to hear it, and I and it made me subscribe. So I go, okay. So, the easiest thing to do, like you just said, was just go in and uh, and go in under your settings under the app store, and you just uh, uh, tell it not to to renew once uh, once it comes up. So and that's, that's why it's super important to be able to review that stuff. But you said yes. the, the magic word right there. You said hack. Right. And that's what my dad was thinking. That's like you and I are geeks. And we're like, even we I mean, think, I when we get a message, yeah. we're like, hmm, is this right. legit? Like, that's our first thought is like, I don't think we right. thought like, oh, my God, we've been hacked. But you right. can see how it'd be very easy for your wife or my dad or, you know, somebody or one of my clients who just isn't like in the know about this stuff. Like They're not so deeply steeped sure. in it like we are. They're like, oh, my God, what did I do? You know, did I right. just get, did I get hacked? Is this legit? And so luckily, you know, they have us that they can text us that information. But what sure. about the people who don't have a, a Dave or a Melissa? <laughs> you know, What about the sure. people who don't listen to this podcast? So, you know, that's why sure. I keep saying share it with your friends because this is really good, you know, information that's really important for people to right. get to know about. Since they've made this change, there's going to be more of these, oh my gosh, I just got hacked you know, knee jerk reactions that maybe may or may not be warranted. Or there's going to be people who, who, they didn't technically get hacked, but they just didn't pay attention to what it was that was happening on their screen. And so then they got charged for it. And so then, you know, Apple makes ways that you can go and say, you know, I didn't mean to make this purchase, but you got to act on it right away. I, right. I did something, even me, it even happens to me. Um, there was an app words with friends and I, I purchased a while ago. I, I did purchase cause I did want the ads to go away, away. It was something that I really did enjoy. And I think I spent like $10 on it. And then there was a, like an upgrade because they redesigned the app and they wanted more money. I was like, wait a minute, I already paid for this. And I tried to, I tried to say something about it, but it was on me on the consumer to go and find out that right. yes, I had in fact made this purchase and I had to like prove it. It was, the burden was on me. So, so just be careful. It's tricky. Yep. It's tricky out there. Yeah. Watch out for it. <laughs> Watch out so, for those, uh, those, those candies that, that are poisonous out there. <laughs> that's right. All right, let's, uh, with the time remaining, I wanted to uh, dig a little deep in. Uh, last week, I attended as an IT professional uh, the Jamf Nation user, user Conference, also known as JNUC. Uh, they've been doing this now about nine years. Um, Jamf, it's spelled J-A-M-F. When I hear when people hear me say that, they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, is, uh, is a product that comes in a couple different flavors. It's uh, Jamf Pro, which is really more for the professional, which is the, for K-12 education, government, healthcare, retail, um, commercial, a lot of, lot of big companies, including mine, who I work with, who are trying to, we're still working on implementing it, uh, uh, use this product to uh, make it a lot easier to manage their Macs and their iOS devices uh, and keep it all hands, uh, hands off. It's an MDM, which is a mobile device yeah, management mobile device product. Management. So, yes, it's a mobile device management product, so uh, it uh, it makes life very easy, believe me. And I, I see it firsthand when you start hearing about uh, companies like IBM with 150,000 Macs. Uh, think about trying to manage wow. those. Uh, and you have a, a company like uh, Salesforce with 35,000 Macs. Wow. And you have uh, Starbucks with uh, 8,700 Macs and iOS devices that are out there. So uh, so it's uh, 
it's a it's a quite a, quite quite an undertaking if you have that many That's what devices. You all scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so a uh, couple things that caught my eye that I thought would be more interesting to our audience than to me talking about uh, all the all the enterprise and education stuff that uh, that you would never have anything to do with because they do have also have a product called Jamf Now and what that product does is it's more like a streamline there's a slip streamline version of. Uh, Jamf Pro that allows people, small business, to manage their devices, but doesn't have a lot of uh, intricate, intricate uh, things to do, other than keeping them managed. Uh, but I'm not going to go too much talking about what that does, other than again, it's another MDM, but it's more stripped down and more affordable. Because uh, you probably hear a lot of other podcasts that we that we are uh, partaking mm-hmm. that uh, have advertising from Jamf. So uh, that's what that product does. So uh, again, we're not getting paid for ads, so I'm not going to get too deep into it. <laughs> Other than, the fact that, <laughs> other than the fact that I, I'm very impressed with the Jamf company and what they've done is they've increased their their, their companies become just so enormous. I, I, it just blows my mind. And, and and they got a lot of great folks. I mean, they're very helpful because I was able to talk to our, our tech person um, and uh, uh, she was very, very helpful uh, getting us on the right road of uh, fixing what we needed done. So a couple highlights that I caught my eye was one of the things and I thought you'd find this interesting too is um, – Jamf does does give back to the community, so they uh, so they they uh, introduced with a company called Matter uh, uh, a, a Matter in in uh, Matter Innovative Innovation in, Hub. Innovation Hub, yeah, that looks in, really Hub. interesting. Yeah, it's super interesting. The cool thing was at the conference they had at the Hyde Hotel in Minneapolis. Um, they actually had this shipping container outside in the back of the of the, the hotel. Wow, you got to uh, walk right by around the entrance. It? Yes, I did. Wow. And and, um, and and so what it was, what they did was they took a just your any order any uh, ordinary shipping container, the one of those containers that go on backs of trucks and, mm-hmm. and go on on ships that are shipped all over the world. And they've they put walls in it, they put electricity on it, and electricity is by solar. There's solar panels on the top of the roof of, of oh, the I'll tell you of, what. Of, uh, we could charge and, uh, that sucker up in here in Arizona in no time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and they basically created it from an ordinary shipping container, and then they turned it into a shippable classroom, and it, it allows it to teach kids uh, to use technology and coding, specifically on iPads to code. So basically, what it's letting them do is they've the the, the classroom set up. There's there's like uh, four or five or six different tables set, and and they they're on stools that can. Probably about six students can sit around each table. They have coding with the tape, and they're doing the spheres. They're doing, you know, you can mm-hmm. program with Swift. And, and Adam with, Christensen um, has those those uh, yep. oh, yeah. Uh huh. Well, Apple sells them too, and uh-huh. Apple does it at the Apple stores a lot of times. And then the um, uh, and then little mini drones, and they're programming the drones and showing how how to do the programming. Well, the biggest thing that kind of touched my heart was the fact that and they had done this last year. They went out to into into the uh, you know kind of third world country, not third world, I guess you'd call it Haiti. Mm-hmm. And Haiti, you know, does have a lot of impoverished areas, unfortunately. Um, and then last year they they went out there and set up a a uh, a way of of giving back to them and being able to show them the, the, these 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 students who are, you know don't have that option to have technology in their hands and they did that last year. Well, this year they did it again with this container and they thought, okay, well, we're going to go to a, another part of Haiti and and this part of Haiti did not have electricity at all. This entire city has no electricity and wow. I don't know how they function, but that's unfortunate. That's a lot. That's that is that way in a lot of places around the world. So what they their thought was okay let's create this shipping container and they shipped this container to that location, brought it over there and of course it's solar powered so they had electricity in this classroom these kids were absolutely thrilled they really loved it, um, and were able to learn and be able to uh, understand and, and and you know these kids pick things up so quickly nowadays with the how to understand understanding this stuff it was just an amazing thing, we put I we put a link in the show notes to matter uh, matter um, and this has information as far as what that what they do and what they've done. Like I said, I I did go in this uh, container because it was outside. I'm the, looking at the hotel. some still shots in the video yeah. that you shared, and yeah, it's yeah. pretty amazing. And it is it's a shipping container that they they retrofitted yeah. to uh, mm-hmm. make it look like a classroom. I mean, and, you know, I have a little bit of experience with this with this year. I won't talk about it too much, but I mean, there are times yeah. when we have to. We're in the midst of. Uh, classroom upgrades and school upgrades and stuff. And so we have trailers that kids, you know, end up having to go in. And so they have to kind of retrofit these trailers. And this looks uh, very similar to what I've seen, only this is uh, even uh, more specced out. Oh, it really is. And the first first thing... (laughs) There's a a TV. There's TVs mounted onto the wall where they can 
image the put the the iPad image up there so they can see what they're doing on the iPad as they code. Um, what people asked was how how does this the shipping container stake is secure because you know and think about how far it's being yeah. shipped. And it's those tables actually go up; they're latched against the wall, wow. so they, they will they do not move. Everything is tied down. Everything is latched. Ah, in I place. can see one in the background. Yep, you can see yep. it folded up against the wall. Yep. So and it looks like there's uh, so, a security system. Super, super nifty, and I was I was very impressed with it, and um, and was able to like I said walk into the thing, and it's just yeah, just amazing. So, the other thing uh, you just want to put one of these in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, it would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Um, and the reason I'm bringing bringing up these topics is because it relates to iPad, and then think about how valuable an iPad really is in in the classroom as well as for your use too. I mean, for people who are listening, you know, there are a lot of iPad users out there. So, uh, the second one that uh, that was a really neat thing that they that talked about, they actually had the the CIO from the Ohio State University. Um, uh, they they are now issuing iPads to every one of their incoming freshmen, all eleven thousand five hundred of them, mm. and of course they use Jamf to to. Uh, set these up because they can set it up in a way where it automatically is set up, allows them to sign into the, into the school system, be able to set up all the apps they need um, and be able to uh, provide all that uh, to the students. So they're, they're, they're goodie bags that they get. There's an iPad inside. Wow. Talk about swag. Yeah. And then the cool thing is after they they graduate from, uh, from the university, that iPad is theirs to keep. Um, So, uh, the other cool thing, what what Jamf does is they actually have uh, they just they just released these apps, uh, uh, namely called Setup and and Reset. So basically, what happens is it's set up with Jamf Pro. I mean, again, I know I'm going off on what anything really with anybody else could be using here, but this is this is the neat thing about uh, any application when it comes to an iPad. They can tap the Reset app. It's an app you basically download from Jamf, and it resets the whole iPad, resets mm. it to back to, to, to factory because it's using uh, you know mobile device management it's not locked down like it is with us with uh, find my iphone we've talked about all that before mm-hmm. and then the setup app goes reverses the process tap it launch the app but a boom sign in it, it automatically will, it'll image it and bring it back to the way it was when it first was given out um so you have hospitals that are doing this now too you have uh, hotels that are giving out these ipads they're doing it too how much easier it makes it to set these things up. Another hotel chain that was out there, not too many people are probably familiar with it, it's a, a hotel called the Red Lion. Um, they are now implementing, they just started piling Apple TVs in their hotels. So what they do is they put the Apple TVs in the room. If those of you have traveled and gone to hotel rooms, you know and how And tried to hook awful. up our own Apple TV. <laughs> we do that, exactly. Yeah. And how, how and god I awful. I forgot the remote. <laughs> And and how god awful the the uh, the interfaces on those TVs because of yeah. the services they use. Ugh. Well, they sh- they actually did a demo, um, and it was really cool because it was on stage during the keynote. Um, how they were able to plug the Apple TV in, and let it sign in. Uh, they did a live demo, and it worked because <laughs> everyone was like freaking. You know, when you do, we, you and I know both know by doing demos and, yes. and doing presentations, you don't you try not to do that because it's right. it, you're asking for a failure. It didn't oh, fail. Yeah. It, they plugged it. They plugged in the power. They plugged in the HDMI. The, the the Apple TV booted up, automatically set up. So then, the cool thing with the interface with uh, with the hotel was it it actually has all the you know we know we know the interface on Apple TV. Well, it's got places where you can go visit to uh, places to eat in the area. You mm-hmm. you can look at your folio. You can you can get access to Netflix. You can get access to Amazon Prime. All the TV channels are on the Apple TV, so they can watch TV from the Apple TV. They don't have to go. And that was the biggest thing they're trying to do is when they as they're piloting this is to try to get rid of the TV part of it. Let all of it be on the Apple TV mm-hmm. interface. Of course, we know is beautiful. So it was yeah. it was, a, it was very well well set up. So. Uh, very, very interesting. Very interesting as far what, as what, what are they doing for remotes? They use the Apple TV remote in the hotel so room. For in the hotel room, yes. Like families and kids to, to yeah. use. And- well, I mean, this is like any other remote. I mean, they could lose the remote there yeah. too. So, but wow. But it, it's it's being those remotes aren't now. cheap though. I mean, they're like what seventy or eighty bucks a pop or something like yeah, that. They're- I think the hotels, can, especially this, the Red Line is actually considered more of a higher end. Oh, hotel. okay. So not yeah. not not like a Ritz Carlton or like a Four Seasons. Yeah, the very entry I mean, is going to be higher, so you're not going to have a lot of kids and families in there. Probably not. It's more for the traveler. I see. Okay. But I would not be at all surprised. I see this happen in other hotel chains just to see, just for the mere reason of of manageability. I mean, yeah. being able to, you don't have to have, it, 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 the whole goal of Jamf is, but you know, 
hand them the box of the device, uh, turn it on, sign in, and no IT is involved. Everything right. is set up. So they're reducing the cost. They can afford to replace these remotes because they're probably reducing the cost the of the IT yeah, support. The I mean, the return on investment itself. Pays for itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, awesome conference, as always. A uh, lot of great stuff. If you want to take a look at that, we, again, we, gave, we gave a link in the show notes. Uh, you can go to JAMF, J-A-M-F dot com, find out about their products. Um, I'll be talking about an app here in just a second about uh, 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 you can actually access some of their tech support, and it does provide a lot of great information here in just a minute. So once you uh, go right into your app, I, I took a look at that app, and uh, I'd like to hear you what your thoughts are on that. But Well, uh, you were just talking it. about the TV, so that was a, a yeah, wonderful segue. segue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's called iShows TV, and it's powered by Tracked TV. So you um, can sign up for, I guess it's a Tracked TV account. And uh, mm -hmm. what this does is I, I wanted to share it now, uh, you know, as we're in the fall season, because now it seems like when all the shows are coming back on TV and we're kind of getting back into right. the – uh, back into the swing of things as far as watching shows, at least, at least in my family, we are, you know, now we've got walking dead and the good place. And, you know, so we have a list going of all the shows that, that we like to watch together. My hubby and I, that's why when I was texting, I was like, all right, hubby's ready to sit down. So gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been sure. waiting to watch the walking dead for like three days now. I know it's kind of faded and over, but I, I want to see how they're going to deal, deal with this. So anyway, um, it's, I, I like databases. I really just love stuff that helps you keep, track of things. And, you know, as Apple geeks, we definitely like to keep track of things. And this is one of those apps that does just that. It helps you keep track of your TV shows. Uh, you can click on their link and you can see what they're all about and you can look at the, the pretty pictures. But I have mine all populated with all the TV shows that I watch. And the interface is just, it's beautiful because it shows you all the TV artwork. And when you click through, now, depending on what type of show it is, like I'll just uh, pick on Modern Family, for example, depending on the show, they're usually pretty populated as far as like you can see what's coming up they don't no spoilers it doesn't tell you what happens on the show but it will give you the little synopsis of what you know what the show is going to be about and basically you just go through the list there and as you watch a show you can tap you can check it off you know, so, mm -hmm. you know, series of shows that, that we've been watching, you know, The Walking Dead or um, Game of Thrones or like I like uh, How to Get Away with Murder is one of my favorites. I know it's just mm -hmm. super, super cheesy, but it's just really just great to just watch and, and see all the drama unfold. And if you pay now, this one does have an in-app upgrade. So this is one of those apps where yeah. it's free to download, but then if you want to really use it, I mean, the, feature, the features are really limited, kind of gives you an idea of what you're getting yourself into. And then I did decide to upgrade it. Um, and it was $4.99 at the time. I think it still is. It's and nice. yeah. And so for me, it was worth it because I really had invested a lot of time in curating and entering all of the shows that we watch and um, trying to keep track of all the seasons and things. Cause like I've, I've told you in the past, I mean, my husband and I are kind of bingers, you know, we're just so busy with school and kids and everything. We just don't have the time to sit down and watch these shows as, as they air. And so we end up kind of, you know, pack, back cataloging a lot of stuff and, you know, something might've aired like a year ago and we're only just watching it now. And we're fine with that. We're totally okay with that. Um, Westworld was a good one that I was following for a while um, you can check in if you want to. I mean, there's kind of a community type of thing. Uh, then you can tap on IMDb and look up more information like about the cast members and stuff like that. But it's really just to help you keep track of episodes, keep track of shows. Um, once you've finished a series that, you know, mm -hmm. is no longer, it'll archive it for you. But then you can go back into the archive box and you can still see those shows. Um, like maybe there was a show that I had given up on and then just, you know, decided later to get back into it again. I can unarchive it and put it back in there. You can favorite episodes, you can search for things. So I, I like it a lot. I, I, I only use it really a couple of times throughout the year, like I said, because we binge. But boy, when I when it is time to keep track of that stuff, then it really does come in handy. So check yeah. it out. Oh, I will. Yeah, it looks like an interesting app. So we're going to definitely check it out. So uh, my, app, my app actually is because I was just so into Jamf this past week that um, I thought I'd share the Jamf 1 app, which they just released not too long ago. Um, it links out to what's called their community called Jamf Nation. And Jamf Nation has almost 70,000 members wow. that, are, that, are, that are signed up, that they're all professionals, a lot of them be IT professionals. 
And I thought maybe it might, you'd find it interesting because you could sign up for a free account. You don't have to be a Jam subscriber. I was thinking about so it. Yeah, I was thinking yeah, about just the tinker around with it because didn't they used to let you manage like three devices for free or yes. something like that? Is that so still Jamf the now, case? Yeah, Jamf Now Sweet. does allow you to do three devices. So if you want to play around with it, absolutely go for it. That's the Jamf Now product. Uh, but you don't even have to do that. You can just sign up with a, for a Jamf Nation account. And like I said, they got over 70,000 people that are doing it. You know, Talk about try before there. you buy. <laughs> you can really yeah, no, I mean, the I mean. It might get a little geeky. I just I'll forewarn for, for everybody because there's a lot of a lot of stuff out there that may not relate to specifics to to an iOS device other than what Jamf does for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you might find some you know some valuable information on there. And uh, I was pleased to see that they created an app that's dedicated to iOS or uh, to that allows you to go out to the site and uh, and check it out. For you know you might find something interesting out there. So uh, download it now. It's the Jamf one. It's free. There's no cost involved. And uh, check it out. Would you say that it's kind of like the Apple, you know, Apple's app support app, yeah, but for Jam? Yeah, that's I what it looked like. I mean, I didn't, I didn't install it just yet. I was gonna pick your brain about it, but I looked at the screen, the screen captures from it, and it looks yeah. like it's a lot like a combination of the Apple support app along with the Apple communities. You know, because when you go look up yeah. a, a topic or something, there'll be people that are talking about it in the form of a community or a forum, and that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, if you go out to Jamf Nation, you can go out to the site online too. It's jamf.com slash jamf.nation. Um, and yeah, you, the, the latest activity, I almost promise you it's going to be a lot of stuff that's related to Jamf. Let's face mm-hmm. it. I mean, it's, that's the way it is. Uh, but there might, like I said, something might catch your eye. You could, it does have a full-out search function, so you can search. And might be there might be something you have a question well, about. Well, yeah, especially if you're, if you're interested in learning about MDM, mobile device management. Yeah. If it's something, like I, I am, I mean, I do, you know, without sure. getting into too detailed, but I do do it for my kid's school. I'm the volunteer who deploys right. the iPads. And these things are old, and there's like over 50 of them. And it's something that I want to learn more about, just because I'm kind of deep involved in it. So... I can, I can, I can dig it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I figured so we have a few, few geeks out there. It might be interesting. Yeah, so. for sure. All right. Well, the time is just flown by. I can't believe it. We've, uh, of we've course wrapped us another show. Let's uh, wrap it up. All right. Well, let's put a bow on this now and, uh, get out your trick or treat bags and go out and yeah. get those goodies that we talked about. So thanks for listening. And we hope you're more in touch with iOS after hearing this episode. Subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcatcher and show your friends how to find us on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher Radio, on Spotify, and on TuneIn. Email your questions and comments to us, feedback at intouchwithios.com. That's the address. You use that and visit intouchwithios.com. You can click on the contact or simply add a comment to the show notes. We look forward to bringing you more useful information in future episodes. I'm Melissa Davis, and you can find me online at the Mac Mommy, find at the MacMommy.com. And uh, you can find Dave. Uh, you can find me, Dave Ginsburg, at, uh, G, at, on Twitter at DaveG16. We hope you'll subscribe for future episodes, and thanks for listening.